With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Well, they waited until Friday to do it, but the Biden administration has finally released a version of the documents they used to justify the police state raid on Donald Trump's home two weeks ago. Unfortunately, it's heavily redacted. In a moment, we'll tell you what is in that warrant and what they seem to be hiding. Here's a clue, a lot. But first, good evening and welcome to Tucker Carlson. Happy Friday. Every year since the 1970s, the State Department has published a document called World Military Expenditures and Arms Transfers. You probably haven't read it, but it is interesting. It's a detailed accounting of global arms sales, what weapons were sold and where they wound up after they were. The U.S. government published this report in the interest of transparency and then continued to publish it through multiple politically charged scandals and conflicts. That would include through Iran-Contra, two separate wars in Iraq, and all 20 years that we occupied Afghanistan. A report like this would be especially useful to have right now, maybe critical to have, as the Biden administration sends billions in high-tech military equipment every month to corrupt oligarchs in Eastern Europe. Where are all of those weapons systems going? We should know the answer to that, but we don't know. Because this year, for the very first time in half a century, the Biden administration has stopped releasing that information. They never explained why they stopped. They just stopped, and no one pushed them. Now, you'd think this would be a scandal. If there's one thing the news media exists to do, it's to fight for the release of relevant government records. Because in a democracy, you have a right to know what is being done in your name, but not anymore. That information is classified, Mr. Citizen. So you don't get to find out where those billions of dollars of weapons that you're paying for are going. Who's getting them? What are they doing with them? You don't get to know. You don't get to learn about anything, about Ashley Biden sharing with her father. You can get arrested for that. You don't get to know how many FBI assets were in the crowd on January 6th and what they were doing. As we just noted, you don't get to read the affidavit justifying the FBI's indefensible raid on the home of Joe Biden's primary political opponent in fact, you don't even get to know why you're not allowed to know, because that information has been redacted, too. What are you, a Russian agent? Stop asking. Didn't used to be this way at all. It's unrecognizable. A lot has changed in a very short time. So it turns out, looking back 18 months, the 2020 election was the most consequential election of our lifetimes. You assume Joe Biden was incapacitated and couldn't change much. Well, true, he is incapacitated. But the people behind him most definitely are not. They are more ideological and more aggressive than ever. Now it turns out among those people is our largest and most heavily armed federal law enforcement agency. That would be the FBI. The FBI is not allowed to insert itself into domestic politics. That would violate the U.S. Constitution. It is completely illegal. But for several years, it has become increasingly clear that, that is exactly what the FBI is doing, actively working on behalf of the Democratic Party, mocking the rule of law, subverting our democracy from within, far more effectively than any foreign government ever could. If that sounds like an overheated claim, and it definitely does sound like an overheated claim, unfortunately, you should know, 
It's entirely true. We know that for a fact. Here's how we know, and we learned it yesterday. Weeks before the 2020 election, the FBI pressured social media companies to kill the story of Hunter Biden's laptop. Why? Because that was a story that might have prevented Joe Biden from becoming president. That happened. And we know this not because the New York Times investigated it. They didn't bother. They didn't bring you a special report in yesterday's paper giving you the details. The New York Times would never do that, even if they knew it to be true, and they may. No. We know this instead because Mark Zuckerberg of Facebook blithely admitted it, almost parenthetically, during an interview with Joe Rogan. Watch this. There was a lot of attention on Twitter during the election because of the Hunter Biden laptop story. The New yeah, York we Post. Yeah, we too. Yeah, so you guys censored that as well? So we took a different path than Twitter. Um, I mean, basically, the background here is the FBI, I think, basically came to us, uh, some, some folks on our team, and was like, hey, um, just so you know, like, you should be on high alert. There was, the, we, we thought that there was a lot of Russian propaganda in the 2016 election. We have it on notice that basically there's about to be some kind of dump of, of, um, uh, of, that's similar to that. So just be vigilant. Oh, so Zuckerberg, just to be clear, you just saw it, but let's just unwind what we saw. Zuckerberg was asked, why did you censor the story about Hunter Biden's laptop? And he said, some folks from the FBI came to us and indicated there was about to be a dump of Russian propaganda. Now, there's some rewriting of history going on in which some are claiming, some at Facebook are claiming, actually, that the visit from the FBI had nothing to do with the Hunter Biden laptop. But the answer you just saw was in response to a question about the laptop and the censorship of it. And the answer was Russian propaganda, Russian disinformation. Neither of those terms has an agreed upon meaning. They don't actually mean anything. What's Russian propaganda? Is it true? That should be the only question that any news or information company, including Facebook, ever ask. Is it true? Truth is the defense. No, it's Russian propaganda. Again, a term without a meaning. So we wanted to know more. We reached out to Mark Zuckerberg after that interview, and he responded to us, to his credit. Zuckerberg confirmed that the FBI didn't put any of these warnings about Russian disinformation or propaganda in writing. Oh, well, of course they didn't. <laughs> Nothing in writing. And that makes sense. If you're the FBI, you wouldn't want to put that in writing because you were, of course, lying. At the moment the FBI was warning Facebook about a propaganda dump that obviously would include Hunter Biden's laptop, they had Hunter Biden's laptop in their possession. So they knew perfectly well it was authentic, as anyone who looks at it does. We have looked at it, and it's instantly obvious this is real. And of course, we now know conclusively it is real. So that laptop was not censored because it was propaganda, whatever that means. And by the way, the FBI should never be in the information control business anyway. It was censored because it might hurt Joe Biden. And the FBI is the government agency that pushed for it to be censored. Has that ever happened in the United States, ever? That is the definition of police state behavior. A government agency independently decides it's going to determine the outcome of a supposedly democratic election. Hmm. So why is it nearly two years until we learn this? Well, it turns out Facebook is a very political place. The founder of Facebook, Mark Zuckerberg, paid hundreds of millions of dollars to affect the outcome of the election. Famously, we've reported on that. 
And then, of course, there were Democratic Party operatives working within Facebook. So on October 14th, the Facebook communications official and former Democratic Party operative called Andy Stone claimed that Facebook was censoring this story because of Facebook's, quote, standard process to reduce the spread of misinformation, whatever that means. But that was their initial explanation. It wasn't until late October that Mark Zuckerberg, the CEO of the company, publicly mentioned the FBI's involvement for the first time. And here's what he said. We relied heavily on the FBI's intelligence and alerts, both through their public testimony and private briefings that they gave us. He testified to that. But at the time, Mark Zuckerberg didn't mention anything but the FBI warning Facebook about, quote, Russian propaganda specifically. Why didn't he say anything? That's odd, because in October 2020, right before the election, weeks before a presidential election, every media outlet in the country and then candidate Joe Biden himself were using the very same line. It's Russian misinformation. It's propaganda. And not surprisingly or coincidentally, Dozens of, quote, former intelligence officials were saying the same thing. We can't play this enough. Here it is. When you look at this uh, computer uh, store owner in Delaware who allegedly received Hunter Biden's laptop, that is more in line with the, when you think about somebody who's a useful idiot. That's kind of the entry point that is kind of, a, again, a classic indicator of the potential uh, presence of disinformation. Right-wing media has been focused on Hunter Biden, this laptop uh, that intelligence mm -hmm. officials have warned or is likely Russian disinformation. Law enforcement is actively investigating whether the alleged Hunter Biden emails are linked to any foreign intel ops. The story is preposterous. So we're supposed to believe that Hunter Biden and a drunken stupor dropped off his laptop in, I guess, apparently QAnon repair office. So those are just shills who will say whatever they're told to say. Of course, no sober person would take them seriously. And we missed the bigger story, too. We'll admit that. At the time, we imagined that this lie, that the laptop was Russian misinformation, was being pushed almost exclusively by Democratic partisans. But that's not true. It was much worse and much more threatening to our democracy, in fact, utterly corrosive of our democracy, than that. Again, our media attributed these claims to former intel officials who wrote a letter about Russian disinformation. But no, it wasn't just former intel officials spreading that lie. It was members of the U.S. government, federal bureaucrats, people who work for federal agencies, senior FBI leaders who are still at the FBI. They lied and they knew they were lying. And they never took steps to validate this claim that it was Russian propaganda or Russian disinformation. On this show in October of 2020, we interviewed one of Hunter Biden's business partners, a man called Tony Bobulinski, and he verified the authenticity of that laptop. He had firsthand information. He had texts and emails that were on his phone and also on the laptop. So we reached out to Tony Bobulinski last night and we asked him a very simple question. Did anyone from the FBI ever call you or your lawyer to find out, since your name was all over the laptop, if those texts and emails were real? If they wanted to know if this was Russian disinformation, they would, of course, call you. But not one of them ever did. They knew it wasn't Russian disinformation. They knew it wasn't propaganda. They knew it was completely real, and they lied about it. Here's what Bobulinski told us in October of 2020. On May 13th, that email was sent from James Gillier to me. I didn't generate that email. James Gillier generated that email. And in that email, James Gillier goes through intimate detail of what each individual's requests were from a compensation perspective and how the equity in the enterprise would be divvied up. Very important. 
May 13th. That email was generated by somebody else to me. In that email, there's a statement where they go through the equity. Jim Biden's referenced as, you know, 10%. Doesn't say Biden, it says Jim. And then it has 10% for the big guy held by H. I 1,000% sit here and know that the big guy is referencing Joe Biden. Um, it's, that's crystal clear to me because I lived it. I met with the former vice president in person multiple times, and I had been meeting and talking with Hunter Biden and, and uh, Jim Biden and Rob Walker and James Gillier. So to note the obvious, that's not some cable news mouth breather who's giving you his stupid partisan opinion about Hunter Biden's laptop. That's Hunter Biden's former business partner who can prove he was Hunter Biden's former business partner. No one disputes he was Hunter Biden's former business partner. His name, his emails or texts are all over the laptop. And yet somehow the FBI, the agency that sent a dozen agents to investigate a rope in a NASCAR garage, the agency that used hundreds of agents to hunt down grandmothers from the election justice protest on January 6th, that same agency couldn't spare a single agent to make a telephone call to Tony Bobulinski to ask questions about the laptop. You claim it's propaganda, it's misinformation. Why don't you call the guy who's on it and ask him? They didn't bother. This is what the FBI has become. An agency that seeks to exert control over the information that you read in the media. What is this? Well, it's terrifying. And again, this isn't speculation. We just had it confirmed in public yesterday. These are people whose main goal is to ensure that they never lose power in Washington. Interfering with our elections, and not simply by hiding information, resorting to force because they know they can get away with it. Joe Biden's chief political opponent right now, Biden says he's going to run again, Trump's indicated he's running again, would be Donald Trump. And so they're targeting them? Is anyone noticing this? John Paul McIsaac, the computer repair shop owner who first obtained the laptop, says an FBI agent threatened him so he wouldn't go public with the laptop. In case you've forgotten, watch. The FBI met with me at my home and asked me about my concerns. I voiced my concerns. And they, I then shifted and said, hey, can, can I just want this out of my shop. At this point, just get it out of my shop and give me a phone number I can call should somebody come looking for it or wants to harass me about it. And they're like, yeah, we can't do that. When they showed up, instead of bringing a tech guy with them, they brought a subpoena. And they're like, yeah, we're just going to take everything. I was a bit uncomfortable, a little nervous, but then excited at the same time, so I kind of cracked a joke. I said, uh, don't worry, lads, when I, when I write the book, I'll leave your names out of this. And that's when uh, Agent Mike turned around and said, oh, it's in our experience, nobody, nothing ever happens to people that talk about these things. Yeah. So in a free country, no one who obeys the law is afraid of law enforcement. That's true. No one should ever be afraid of the FBI except people who know full well they've committed federal crimes, period. But in this country, let's be honest, everybody's afraid of the FBI because you know exactly what happens to you if you tweak the nose of the FBI or if you annoy Joe Biden. You get raided. You get hauled into the street in leg irons. You get banned on social media. As Jen Psaki said from the White House podium last year, quote, we're flagging problematic posts for Facebook. Oh, so that's the White House... Same administration, which oversees the FBI, telling social media companies who's allowed to speak. It happened to Alex Berenson. It happened to Donald Trump. Now we know what happened to the New York Post. And the people running the FBI, people who did that, are still there. 
This is a huge problem. This cannot be ignored any longer. John Ratcliffe is the former director of national intelligence. He knows an awful lot about this. Um, Mr. Ratcliffe, thanks so much for joining us tonight. It, you you may shocking. know enough that this wasn't shocking to you, but I think to a lot of people this was legitimately shocking. The FBI shows up at our biggest news outlet. That's really what Facebook is. It's a news outlet. Three weeks before the election and says, in effect, don't print this story because it might hurt Joe Biden. Well, Tucker, I was actually surprised to hear uh, Mark Zuckerberg say that because what he related the FBI told him was exactly the opposite of what my conversations with the FBI director himself at the time were about. Look, we knew uh, when uh, Adam Schiff was uh, in October of 2020 uh, talking about Hunter Biden's laptop as Russian disinformation and using his platform as the chairman of the Intelligence Committee to, to mislead voters about that, we knew that, that that simply wasn't true, that it wasn't Russian disinformation, that there was no intelligence. And, and discussions between my office, the director of national intelligence, the FBI, and the attorney general uh, at the Department of Justice, all uh, we all agreed, look, we need to counter this. Uh, and I put out a statement and was backed up by both the uh, Department of Justice and FBI uh, that this was not Russian disinformation. So to hear that, uh, contrary to what the FBI director uh, was saying and the official position of the FBI, that agents were acting in contradiction to that in dealings with Facebook or telling, uh, if whistleblowers are to be believed, telling FBI agents uh, to suppress information about Hunter Biden's laptop and to amplify damaging information about then-President Donald Trump, you know, that, that is um, uh, entirely inconsistent with what we all knew, which was, and what you, what you now know and the public knows, is that this wasn't Russian disinformation. Hunter Biden's laptop was real. Um, and, you know, unfortunately, a lot of folks misled uh, the American people about that and the American voter about that two weeks before a presidential election. That's election interference, is it not? I don't know what else it would be. Yeah, I, uh, it is election interference, um, you know, to the extent that these allegations are true, that FBI agents um, were uh, no, knowingly putting bad information um, out there. Uh, it absolutely, we, and the troubling part about this, uh, Tucker, is the FBI is the primary domestic authority for enforcing election security, for making sure that oh. people don't interfere with the American voters in American elections. And if they're engaged in election interference, then we've got a real problem. And I think that's why so many Americans uh, mistrust uh, the FBI uh, at the current time. And that's really unfortunate. Yeah. M much, much more destabilized than anything Russia has ever done, I would say. My view. John Ratcliffe, great to see you tonight. Thank you. you bet. Good to see you, Tucker. So the Biden administration was finally forced to release the search warrant affidavit for their politicized raid on Joe Biden's main political opponent's house. What's in it? A lot of it's redacted, not all of it. We'll tell you what we know. Also, we've shown you parts of our interview with Andrew Tate. There's a particularly interesting section that we haven't put on the air yet, but the importance of self-respect really caught our eye. We're gonna play that. It's short, but worth watching. We'll be right back. So in a democratic form of government, the elected people have all the power because, obviously, they were elected. They speak for the population. So in the executive branch of government, the president has the final say because he's the elected one there. All the bureaucrats work for him. They have to obey him. 
because he speaks for the population in the country. That's how the system works. So in the federal government, the president has the constitutional authority to declassify whatever he wants. They don't have to follow procedures set by Congress, separation of powers. The Supreme Court established this back in 1988. But we learned today from the DOJ search warrant affidavit that the FBI is looking into the, quote, unauthorized possession of documents at Mar-a-Lago under the Espionage Act. So today, this seems insane. If you think about it for a minute, Joe Biden was asked, how is that possible? And of course, he doesn't know. He doesn't know anything, including what day it is. So he responded by mocking the question. Well, I just want to know. I've declassified everything in the world. I'm president. I can do it all. Come on. I'm not going to comment on it because I don't know the detail. I don't even want to know. I'll let the Justice Department take care of it. Yeah, I don't know the details. It wasn't coordinated with the White House. Actually, it was coordinated with the White House. It was. What liars. So what is in this affidavit, this heavily redacted affidavit released today? Well, Harmeet Dillon is the, per the person we go to for questions like that. She is, among other things, the chairwoman of the Republican National Lawyers Association, and she joins us tonight. Harmeet, thanks a lot for coming on. So what have we learned from this document? Well, uh, it is heavily redacted. I'd say about 50 percent of it is redacted. But what we've learned is pretty consistent with what Merrick Garland came out and said, namely that this is a dispute about documents. And I think what's really striking when you read the unredacted portions of the affidavit is that uh, this is indeed a dispute. There are two sides of the dispute. And yet there are some major chunks left out in what the DOJ told this judge, this magistrate judge. For example, there's no discussion in here about what you just said, namely the power of the sitting president of the United States to declassify documents, which I think is very clear. Uh, there's no discussion about the Presidential Records Act, which gives the former president a significant chunk of time to go through these records that he possessed and went through, and then determine which should be made public up to 12 years after he leaves office. And so this is a very one-sided presentation of facts. Um, but it isn't completely uh, silent on details. I think the DOJ maliciously uh, left the name, for example, of some of President Trump's allies, specifically Cash Patel is specifically called out and named as somebody who has commented on the president's declassification practices during the time he was in office. This, of course, puts a target on Cash's back and uh, has been the subject of much glee and hand-rubbing on the other networks. And so. I think this is a great example, if you're a lover of civil rights and the Constitution, of how the United States Department of Justice can be used to weaponize and target political enemies. It is an abuse of that process to do that, but that's exactly what we're seeing in this uh, affidavit. Really quick, in one sentence, we were told at the outset by Joe Scarborough, among many others, that there were dangerous nuclear secrets in this trove of documents. Have you seen any indication that that's true? Tucker, the people who run the DOJ, they fetishize these markings and all this bureaucratic stuff they put out there. They have to. It justifies their existence. No, there is no evidence of that in the unredacted affidavit, Tucker. Thank you for that. Harmeet Dillon, great to see you tonight. So earlier this week, a man called Andrew Tate was basically erased from the Internet by all the big tech companies and some of the financial companies, too. And we wondered why. Who is this guy? So we sat down and we talked to him. What don't they want you to hear from Andrew Tate? We played you a bunch of it last night, but there's one part we haven't played about self-respect and why that's so important. And we thought it's worth showing it to you. And we will when we come back in just a minute.
With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.